Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. But if you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. Hold music. You want to avoid it, and so do your customers. So say goodbye to hold music and hello to faster, smarter support with Salesforce. Make service more personal and agents more productive using built-in trusted AI. Then watch costs and wait times drop and satisfaction soar. Support customers in a whole new way with Service GPT. Learn how at salesforce.com slash service GPT. This is the Rise of the Young Podcast, bringing you insights from the most innovative entrepreneurs and influencers of this era. Hosted by 17-year-old entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and branding expert, Casey Adams. Now, let's get right into the show. Casey Adams here. Welcome to the Rise of the Young Podcast. Today, on episode 46, we have a game changer with us today, Dean Graziosi, and I'm super looking forward to this podcast. I know that he's has so much other things he, he could be doing right now, but Dean, really appreciate you coming on, man. That's good to be here, man. I, I, I am inspired by what you're doing. I think you're doing something amazing. I think your whole generation needs more of uh, what you do to see other, you know, see other options and potentials that they have, right? Not let anybody keep them small. So Definitely. I'm, I'm excited. Let's rock this. I appreciate that. So yeah, I know um, regarding everything you've been doing, I know I've read your book, Millionaire Success Habits, but before we kind of get into what you do, just kind of for everyone listening more about yourself as well as just where you're from, like how did your journey start? Um, you know, and I'll only share this enough to inspire people, not not to tell my uh, rags yeah. to riches story, but um, you know, I think we're all kind of fed a line of uh, crap for lack of a better word. We're, you know, I think society gets this this hypnotic rhythm of what success is, who gets success, who deserves it, who doesn't. And I think if if nothing else today, if you're watching, listening, um, you know, I think if we can break that stereotype for you once and for all and see that there's a different direction, you can course correct your life at any age, whether you're 13, 18, 25, 80, it doesn't matter. Um, for me, I, I grew up, you said you grew up in a small town. I grew up in a tiny town of five, 6,000 people. Um, my high school had, you know, I graduated with 80 kids. Um, I was in a little town. I, I love everybody there dearly. I still go back. In fact, I bought my childhood home and I go back there once in a while just to see my friends that I went to high school with. Yeah. Um, but I have to say it, it's a town, especially a little town. Sometimes it's not the negativity. It's more of the, I guess it is negativity is people only see what's wrong with the world. And a lot of my friends and people I love got stuck in this hypnotic rhythm of life. And I just remember feeling like the oddball because I always wanted more. I always, I, a lot of people watching right now, you might, or listening, you might think there's more and you think you're the crazy one. And you're, it's kind of true because it's only about two to 4% of the world think like an entrepreneur, think like someone who wants to start their own business, do their own thing, take control of their life. So if you think, if you're in that 4%, which you probably are 3% because you're watching or listening, it means you feel like the oddball around your friends. You might feel like the oddball around your parents. Listen, when I was trying new things, my parents would literally sit me down and say, stop being a dreamer. Dean, it's great. You have all these aspirations, but you didn't go to college. You don't have money. You don't have the pedigree. We don't have money. 
money. Neither of my parents ever made over 30 grand a year. Yeah. So you get that talk. And that was only, and here's what I want everybody to remember. If someone sits you down, if it's your parents, if it's your friends, if it's a neighbor, if it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, they sit you down and tell you that they're not doing it because they want to hurt you. They're doing it because they have their own internal beliefs. They're, they're limiting beliefs that somebody gave them and they think they're protecting you. They think they're telling you to be real. And I just want to tell you and give you permission to realize that they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong. I went from that tiny little town. I didn't go to high school. I mean, I didn't go past high school. Not that college is bad. I'm not knocking it, but that wasn't the route I took. I wasn't smart enough. I, I didn't I think I was smart enough. I didn't have money. So I just went right to work. And I just realized that if I followed my gut, if I followed my instinct, it was against what everybody thought, but it was gaining me momentum. So yes. I started cutting firewood in high school and selling it. Then I started buying wrecked cars and I'd fix them up one at a time and sell it. Then I got an auto sales and a collision shop. I was fixing wrecked cars and selling. Then at night, I'd knock on a million doors and I got my first real estate deal. When I was just a little bit older than you are right now, I got my first real estate deal at 18 or 19 just by knocking on a million doors. I got it with no money down. I fixed that up. Then I fixed another one up. Then I rolled that money into another one. And then all of a sudden in my late 20s, I decided I wanted to share this and write books and do an infomercial and go on TV. Talk about people telling me I was freaking crazy, right? I, my sister drove from Williamsburg, Virginia, where she lives, literally drove all the way up from Virginia to sit me down to say, stop it. You went far enough. You're, you know, basically it's really cool that you got this far, Dean, but you should be really proud of yourself, but don't try to go any bigger because you'll just blow it. And I almost listened to her because it was came from love, but she was wrong, right? I went on to do right now, you know, I, I, I was terrible in English. I still have dyslexia, but I, I've written multiple New York Times bestselling books. I've touched the lives of millions of people. I, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been blessed to, to go on and do some really cool things. And I only share that to inspire anyone watching right now that thinks that you know where you live, what you do, your background, your education, how much money you have, none of that true. And, and again, me saying that has nothing to do with your future. You might even be thinking in that little self-doubt, that little... That little voice that tells you you can is saying, yeah, but Dean, you have money now. It's easy. Or Dean, you're from an older generation. It was easier back then. That's all a bunch of BS. That's all a lie. That's all a story you're telling yourself. Change that story. You can change your future. So especially one of the best things to do, and I'll, I'll shut up here a minute and let you ask a question, is the if you have a story in which you think holds you back. So if I said to you right now, hey, if you want to be wealthier, more successful, have more freedom, more control, maybe money's not it, you want control of your life. If I asked all the things that you dream about, after you said, this is what I'd like, and then you say, but, whatever that but is, but I don't have money, but I live in the wrong area, but my family's negative, but my friends are keep me down, but, 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 whatever that is, as hard as this might seem, that but is what is holding you back. That is your story. That is your limiting belief. Change that story and change your life. And we can talk more about that or whatever you want to talk about today. That's dude, that's that's amazing. And I, I totally feel you, especially coming from a small town. But I know I came across your work, definitely your book, Millionaire Success Habits, about a couple months back. I know I saw one of your ads. I picked it up and definitely has been super game changing for me. But the question I want to ask you just regarding habits, regarding yeah. why you wrote the book, when did you decide to write the book and what was the driving force? to actually write a book regarding the habits that millionaires and successful people have? You know, I, great question. You know, it's because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm old in comparison to somebody here young in my brain, right? But I'm at a phase in my life. I have two young kids. I have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. And I'm at this like legacy phase. And I think that happens. I'm going to be 50 this year, which I know seems ancient, but I still feel 17. Yep. Um, but I'm at this phase where I'm, I'm, I've really – 
kind of soul searched and looked back. I mean, what the hell allowed me to get here? I mean, to date, my brands and my companies, we just broke a billion dollars. My brands and my companies have done over a billion dollars in sales since I've started. Of course, I don't get to keep all that, but, yeah. but it's still a number that I look at and it's like, oh my God, how did that happen? And I've written... My first book was a, a, a called Totally Fulfilled, was about personal growth. But then every other book was how I made money in real estate. So I, I wrote a book called Be a Real Estate Millionaire, sold a million copies that helped show the whole world how to profit from real estate. And I wrote mostly real estate education. But in the meantime, I had multiple different companies. I've done lots of different things. And at this phase in the last couple of years, I looked back and I really just thought, like, what the hell got me here? How did that... 17 year old kid who didn't barely got out of high school with no money with his family, his parents, everybody telling me he was nuts. He was crazy. You know, I'd go into the local deli and I know people were like, Oh, there's the dreamer trying to start that new stuff, trying to do this deal. Yeah, whatever. He'll be back to normal soon. He'll, he'll get off his high horse. Like what allowed me to go from that um, to where I am today. And that journey of looking back made me realize it had to do with the shifts I did in my habits. My parents are amazing. Um, but the habits that they have are the habits that kept them making under $30,000 a year to stress about money. My, my parents couldn't come to my baseball games or come to plays and all that stuff. Not because they were bad parents. They were working or stressing about money or worrying about getting evicted from the, the trailer we lived in, right? So money was something they worried about. And all I thought, I mean, this, is, this was common sense, not, not high IQ stuff, is if I do what my parents do, I'm going to get what they get. Yep. There's other people in this town that make lots of money and, and seem to smile more and have a more positive outlook, and they have a different set of habits. They do things a little bit differently than the way the people that struggle and are stressed and are worried do. So I started seeing those habits at a young age. Now, in my 20s and my teens, I didn't go, I'm going to steal the habits of the rich. Like I, I wish I was smart enough to think that, but when I look back in retrospect, man, it's like I realized I made tiny little shifts throughout my life, and they became different habits. And habits, I think people, when they, when they think of habits, and you read the book so you know what I'm talking about, is they think it's like this physical thing you do. And it is. Sometimes there's physical. I have a morning routine that kicks ass. It, it's the greatest thing. I wish I would have done it starting at your age. That's, that's a physical type of habit that gets me in the right mindset. But there's also habits in the way you think. When people say certain things, when somebody's negative, when somebody tells you you can't, you hit an obstacle, things go sideways. There's a habit in the way you process that. When something goes wrong, you can have a habit of saying, why is this wrong? Why did this happen to me? Why does this always happen to me? It's not, I knew it wasn't going to work here. And you can obsess on why something went wrong. I mean, to make it really simple, if you spilled a glass of milk, you can obsess on why it spilled, whose fault it is that it did spill, you know, that it did spill, or you can just go get a towel and a new glass of milk. So some habits are as simple as shifting your thoughts and your focus to instead of worrying about why something happened, to immediately focus on a solution. Like that little habit there transformed my life. When something goes wrong, I don't obsess on it. I learn from it, throw it away, and focus on a solution. That's a habit. And most people wouldn't think that would be a habit. So that's, that's how you know, millionaire success habits came to life. That is, that's amazing. So I know regarding habits, I know that I've watched a lot of interviews that you talk about your morning routine, but for the people that might not know, the habits from Dean Graziosi, who has actually had success and have gone through the journey, what are some morning routines that you've had in your life that you would say are super impactful to really getting to where, to where you are now? Um, so you'll hear this wherever you, you'll hear this for the rest of your life, and you've heard it a million times, you've read it in books, is gratitude is, is everything. 
Yep. And and I and I couldn't agree more. But it's hard. sometimes it's hard to get in the practice of gratitude, right? You're, we're just hustling, we're we're burning and churning, we're moving fast. It's like how do you how do you practice gratitude? But the older I got, and the more I refined my morning routine, is so think about it. This you played sports. You said you played football. Oh, we froze up here. Let's see. Okay, good to go. Yeah, we're back. Perfect. Okay. So um, you uh, you played football, right? Yep. Okay. So you know the difference, obviously, and most people watching would know the difference between offense and defense, right? So think about that simple analogy that most people go through life playing defense. So think about this. Here's one morning possibility. You wake up in the morning. What's the first thing you do when you roll over is you look at this, right? Yep. <laughs> you roll over, look at your phone. You're like, oh man, I got this email from this guy. Oh man. If you get a negative email or a negative text message, or you posted a video last night and you thought it'd have a thousand views and you got two, it's like, oh man. And we do these, we practice these habits without realizing it that put us in defense because so I'm going to back up here for a second. It's going to be a longer answer to a short question, but, but sure. it's really important for everybody to listen. Is confidence is one of the most important things that you can protect for the rest of your life. Without confidence, you'll play small. Without confidence, if your teacher tells you you're dumb, if your parents tell you you shouldn't do it, if a friend tells you it's not right for you, if your confidence is low, you'll believe them. You'll play on the sidelines. You'll play small. You'll wish you'll have envy for other people on Instagram and Facebook who look like they're doing better. You'll want it, but you won't go anywhere because your confidence is low. Do anything in your life, everything in your power to protect your confidence. If you remember nothing from this interview, if you remember nothing I ever say before, protect your confidence as if it's you're protecting your life. And how do you protect it is don't let things in that can hurt it and do whatever it takes to build that confidence back up in you. You know what makes you feel good. Get more of the things that make you feel good. Work on your strengths. Don't worry about your weaknesses. Do everything in your power to work on your confidence. So when I look through those glasses of protecting my confidence, my morning routine is really important to me because I want to set the day up for an offensive day, not a defensive day. So if I get up and I look at an email and the deal, I'm working on a, a hundred unit uh, apartment complex that I'm building in upstate New York. If I wake up in the morning, check my email and all of a sudden, ah, oh, the, the, the contractor said it's not going to work or the property's not zoned for that. This deal's not going to happen. Or my marketing, the, our numbers on the marketing went sideways. If I look at those first thing in the morning, it's like, oh, how do I fix that? And I go mentally into defense. How do I fix? I'm, I'm trying not to let the other guy score, right? But what I do is if I can set my morning up for offense, that sets the tone for the entire day. So I know for your generation, this is going to be tough, but the best you could do to not roll over and this be the first thing you look at, instead of when you go to look, at, grab your phone, take just a moment. I'm not talking about an hour morning routine. I'm talking about take just a moment and for seconds, think about something you're grateful for at that very second. Get Twist your mind. First thing I do is I want to feed my mind. So what everybody does when they think of great gratitude, they think of these big things. Lower the bar. Lower what gratitude could be. Now, here's a crazy stat. Did you know 150,000 people die every single day? Every day. And that's all ages. That's kids, middle, old people, 150,000 people a day. So even if you just woke up and go, wow, I woke up again today. Oh my God, these sheets feel good. I live in a great area. I feel amazing. I'm healthy. I'm on a sports team. I love my girlfriend. I love my boy. Whatever it is, just a couple of things. And all you're doing is just feeding your mind with something that could put you in a more confident, more offensive morning. So for a second, just go, I'm really grateful that I woke up. 
And then the second thing is give yourself a pat on the back. Remember, this is all seconds. I'm not trying to give you a two hour morning routine. Yeah. Think about something you did. Tell me, what's something you did yesterday that was a win for you? Um, got back from New York and then I went straight to the gym. <laughs> okay, that's all you need. Tell me something you're grateful for today. Waking up and just being around family for sure. Okay, so think about this and try this tomorrow morning. If you just woke up this morning and as soon as you opened your eyes, you didn't think of anything else, you said, wow, I'm really happy to be around family today. And the second thing you said, man, I'm really proud of myself that I was on a flight, came all the way back home and I still went and killed it at the gym yesterday. The third thing is how do you set an intention for a win today? So what's a, what's a win for you today? So yeah, I would say got got back from school and I just made a great meal and then I meditated for 15 minutes. Okay, so think about this morning if you got up and the first thing you thought about said, man, I'm so happy to be back with my family. And yesterday I think it was pretty badass that I flew <laughs> and came back and went to the gym. And, and today I'm gonna meditate, I'm gonna do this interview with Dean and I'm gonna have a great day. Yep. If you do that all within what, three minutes? Think of the difference of that compared to rolling over and look at your phone and you didn't get the likes or you got a bad email or your girlfriend sent you a text that was kind of sideways <laughs> or something like that. It just, it programs your mind, it puts you in a different space. So protect your confidence. For me, it's setting that morning up with offense. And I'll tell you real quick, what I do is if you did that exercise right now, you'd for the rest of your life, you'd be so far ahead. If you did nothing else, you'd be so far ahead of everybody else. But then I, that's feeding my mind. Yeah. The next thing I do is I want to feed my body. For me, I like exercising in the morning because of my, my just busy schedule. So I get up super early to exercise, but I feed my body. I do a green drink, some apple cider vinegar, a little MCT oil. That's my morning cocktail, not coffee. I do that and it gives me juice. Then I go to the gym immediately. So for me in the morning, I wake up and feed my mind. I feed my body with a good green drink and some apple cider vinegar and some oil. And then I go move and I go to the gym. Yeah. And the second thing, the thing I do after that is instead of making a to-do list, I make a get to-do list. Just think of everything in your life. We're here. We're alive. We're, we're, we live in the greatest time in human history. Technology is just bringing so many things to our fingertips. You wouldn't have been able to do. When I was 17, I couldn't do what you're doing. <laughs> I had the same desire, same passion. I couldn't get an audience. I was in a little town. I had to fight hard to get out of that little town. You're out of that little town and, and in front of your computer right now, right? So just think of a morning routine that puts you in a space where if anything comes up, you go, I got this. Just, just think about that. What can you do in the morning that no matter what happens, stuff goes sideways, the interview doesn't happen, you fail the test, the people say no, your parents don't agree with you. What can you do in the morning to say no matter what happens, I got it, I got this. So that's, that's a little routine. I like it, I like it a lot. So regarding, I know that um, I've watched a lot of interviews on you that regarding you said you got into real estate at a young age and for all the young entrepreneurs listening, real estate definitely is a topic that I'm wanting to get into this year. Yep. As well. But when it comes to like your first actionable business with a real estate, getting a house, how did that process go? As in like, what, when did you start doing real estate to then like, I know that you're big into real estate now, what, like, how did you start? Yeah. So great question. So no matter what you, what it is you'd like to do, if, again, listening, watching, that means you want to do something more with your life. The first thing, if you would have asked me in my twenties, I may have said, Oh, you know, real estate's the thing. And here's exactly how to do real estate, which I'll share with you some, some easy ways in. But now looking back in retrospect, what people need more than the tools on how to make money, they kind of need step one. Like whether they want, you want to make money with podcasts and education and books or real estate or selling something on Amazon, that's kind of step two. 
Step one is the reason I wrote Millionaire Success Habits is having kind of the foundation for success, kind of knowing that you're going to run up against some obstacles. People are going to tell you you're crazy. Things aren't going to go sideways. How do you overcome them and stay positive and focused? So I'm going to give you two answers. I'll talk about the real estate in a minute, but whatever it is that you want to do, I would just, I would just push everybody to make sure you have a vision of where you want to go. So if you're saying you'd like to do real estate, right? Definitely. Okay, so if it was two years from now and you're looking back and the last two years were amazing, like just killed it. You woke up and you're just like on fire. Like I can't believe what I've accomplished. I can't believe the life I'm living right now, right? If that is, name some of the things that would be happening in your life if that was the case. Two years from now, not looking forward, we're looking backwards. This is our two-year anniversary. Yep. You're a little older, I'm a little older. Yeah. We're sitting here like, hey man, remember we were together two years ago? Yep. Tell me the last two years of your life. It was the best two years of your life. Give me a couple things that's going on. Yes, I would say from a um, multiple different things, but I would say number one, move out to California, get my own place out there and kind of have my podcast. So, say, so and said, think in your mind, say, I'm living oh, in California. Okay, right? yeah, so I would say I'm living in California at the time. I've, my podcast has got over 5 million downloads. And overall, just the entire time doing that, I've been able to build just the most genuine connections with amazing people in the world. Okay, so how's how are you fit, physically fit? What's your body like? Yeah, so I would say over the last two years, it was gym every day, a nice clean cut physique, because for me, I'm only 5'4", I can't get too much bigger. But I would say just super ripped and have a good mental focus, or I do have, I do have a mental focus about my gym routine. Okay. And how about your attitude? What's your attitude like in two years when you're living in California, your body's in a good shape? What's your attitude, your happiness on a daily basis? Yes. Yeah, so I would say for moving to California, it would be just waking up every day with gratitude, with just a healthy outlook with stuff I want to do that I'm choosing to do. And then overall, just the attitude, I would, I would say just putting myself in a position to win daily so that my months add up. So then my years add up. So I would just say winning each day, day by day. Awesome. And so you, you, da you, you have some real estate stuff. It's two years from now. What's your real estate look like? So I, would say, I would say 10, 15 houses a month, building a wholesaling team and just having a company that I'm managing, but I'm doing it with a passion and with a purpose. Okay. So you just did something that most of the world doesn't, right? We did that quick little exercise for those listening. Really listen what I asked here. This isn't, um, this isn't something that this isn't a joke. This is your life because most people, and I've been around for a long time, most people know what they don't want. See, I just asked you what two years now, you could tell you're in this groove, this is what you do, you think about it, it's why you have this podcast. Most people, when you ask them what they don't want, will tell you, I don't wanna be in school anymore, I don't wanna go to college, I don't want my professors to bust my chops, I don't wanna be working for somebody, I want my parents to say this stuff, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. And when you stop most people and you go, okay, you don't want all that stuff, but what is it that you really do want? Most people will say, hmm, really good question. I'm not sure. Yep. So that means we're all going super fast, but we're like all in Lamborghinis or Ferraris with no destination. Nobody's got their GPS on. What you just did is you turned on your GPS. And I'd acknowledge everybody, turn on your life GPS. If it's two years from now, and, it's, and remember this, I think Bill Gates said this, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in five. Why not start today? So the one thing I'd say, no matter what business you want to go into, you just described that elaborately and great. Follow that model, everybody listening. Pretend it's a year or two from now. You're looking back. You're living and feeling it. And what is amazing in your life? And when you start writing that down, your body's in great shape. You're living in California. You're doing 12 to 15 wholesale deals a month. 
that's your future. You just wrote that down, you know, thought through that. Now, where your focus has to be is just on that bigger future. You need a vision. If you said, I don't, now here's, here's what would ruin it. I don't want to be living in this tiny little town anymore. I don't want to be going to college and having some professor tell me what I'm doing wrong. I, I don't want a girlfriend that's a nag. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to skip the gym. If you said that, that's exactly where you'll be because your mind is focusing. Your body and your brain and your soul doesn't know the difference between don't and do. They just know you're focusing on not being overweight, focusing on not working out, focusing on not being in this town, and that's what you'll continue to get. So the, the point I'm trying to make for everybody is pretend, get a vision and clarity on where it is you want to go and don't focus on anything but that. When things go sideways, accept it, learn from it, and get back on the trail to where you want to go. Because if you start saying, I don't want any more of that, you will get more of it. That's something I wish I would have done anything for somebody to tell me that. And the truth is, if somebody told me that at 17, I might go, yeah, this guy's a little crazy. He doesn't get it. You, what you focus on, what your thoughts are, is who you become hands down. And if you're listening to this, then you're somebody ready to have different thoughts. So I, uh, I commend you. I love it. I love it. That was I think that was super cool, especially from like my standpoint of like a, a good exercise. And I want everyone listening to really apply that and go back. Maybe you have to go back and listen to the questions, but do that today. I think that was super effective, man. I appreciate that. But my next question is something that I want to get into. I know that um, just regarding storytelling, I've seen a bunch of your ads. I've seen your interviews. And I know that you have a great way of storytelling. You, I know that you said you've been at different infomercials. You've sold multiple hundreds of millions of dollars in products. But the actual storytelling factor, what would you say from someone that is – genuinely good at storytelling what's a secret to getting your emotions and your story told and interpreted the right way okay so let me ask you a question what what's the best movie or book do you read a lot of books yeah i would say okay what's the best movie you've seen in the last six months that you really like in the last six months i love the american sniper movie that's definitely one that's always okay so tell me about it so i would say it starts off with the dude, he's in, he's in the military. It starts off in like a very dramatic moment and then it kind of leads backwards and then it kind of gets your... Yeah, so t instead of telling me about the movie, tell me why I should see it. Oh, okay. So I would say it's just emotional connection. It has a good purpose. And at the end, it's something that you wouldn't expect would happen. Yeah. So you'd say, see it. So what about, what's your favorite place? What's your favorite food? Um, Flaming steak. Yeah, and you, do you have a place where you get the best steak that you like? Um, Longhorn Steakhouse. Longhorn Steakhouse. So why do you like the steak there? It's I would just say it's, it's a good cut meat. It's the environment. But the actual steak is definitely just – I think it's a genuine flavor that I can't really find anywhere else. Okay. So I'm, I ask you those silly questions because people overthink storytelling and they overthink selling. And what I mean by that is – we are all under the misconception that selling is evil. A lot of people think selling isn't a good thing when nothing happens in the world without selling. We're being sold to every day, right? When somebody says, the reason I said that is because I'll have people tell me, oh my God, I went to this restaurant last week. The pasta at this Italian restaurant was so good. It was homemade. The sauce was this and they get done. And that's the same person a half hour early told me they weren't selling, but I'm going to that Italian restaurant because they just sold it to me. If I wanted a steak, I would go to Longhorn. If I'm going to watch a movie, I'd watch American Sniper again. You just sold that to me. But when I asked you about the, the steak or asked you about the movie, we don't think about selling. What we think about is being authentic. And I want you to think, uh, if, you're gonna, if you want to learn how to tell a story, that write down these two words, is you need to be authentic and enthusiastic. 
that is the core component of my success. I'd love to say that I studied every master salesperson or every master storyteller. I didn't study crap. I just, I knew I had a story, emotional story that my life changed. I did live in a trailer park. I was, I did move. My parents were married nine times when I was a kid. I was, I lived, I literally lived in a bathroom with my dad for about a year because we didn't have heat in the house. We didn't have any place to live. So we plugged in a little heater. I say lived. We, we slept in it at night and during the day you did your stuff, but at night we'd go back to this silly little bathroom, right? I did do that. When I look back, I didn't have the schooling. I didn't, I don't know how to write PowerPoint presentations and speak in front of a class or speak on camera. What I had was I had passion to change people's lives. Did we freeze up? All right, we're back. Sorry about that. I'm not sure about oh, no worries. Yeah. So, so what I was saying is I, I didn't authenticity. I don't know where we broke off, but when, when I look back at what got me where I was is I didn't have the perfect sales script. I didn't, I didn't practice and, and be mentored by someone who's amazing at sales, which would have helped. But what I did is I just learned how to be authentic. I spoke from my heart. I had a passion. And when I talk about something, I mean, if I came on here today and I was like, Hey man, <laughs> yeah, I know I, I've done really good. I, I know I worked really hard. I got my stuff done. What other questions do you have? Who would listen to me? right? Who would listen to me? If, if you interviewed me right now and you were like, yeah, that's good, Dean. Okay. No one would, you wouldn't have, you'd have two people listening to your podcast, right? People feel enthusiasm because it's real. I, I, I'm not hyped up because I'm trying to impress anybody. This, I love talking about this stuff. I wish someone would have given it to me. I'm on a, I'm on a mission right now. The reason I'm pushing my book so hard is I want a million people to have those habits because if they do, we'll have a better world. We'll have a better society. We'll, we'll have a better economy, right? So I'm enthusiastic. And I'm authentic. I, I don't have a huge vocabulary. I don't, I don't have a vast vocabulary. I use a lot of incredible, awesome, really cool like that. Cause I, I don't, I don't, I don't speak perfect English. I can't spell, but none of that matters yeah. because I am authentic because I will mess up on video and not edit it out. I will go up on stage in front of 15,000 people and not have a PowerPoint slide, but speak from my heart and get a standing ovation for two hours where the guy next to me has been speaking for 30 years and he's structured and processed, has the suit on the perfect PowerPoint and half the audience falls asleep. I'm not better than him. I just went up there and spoke from my heart. So, so storytelling uh, at, at its core and storytelling and marketing are, are the same thing. People think marketing is bad. Marketing is storytelling. Tell the right story. You're, you're, you're doing a good marketing is speak from your heart. If anybody's listening or right now, and you ever thought about doing videos, but you're scared, you want to know how to get over that. Just go on and be you people. It doesn't matter if day one, only one person watches and it's your aunt. But day two, there'll be more people watching. And day five, there'll be more. And day 50, there'll be more. Day 500, there'll be a lot more if you just speak from your heart often, uh, with enthusiasm and authenticity. I love it. That's super, super powerful. So uh, well, a few other things I want to touch on before we wrap this up. I know as someone that's young, 17 years old, I've met a lot of amazing people. And you always hear the quote, like, your network is your net worth. So for someone like you that has had a tremendous amount of success, What's your intake on networking and how has networking impacted your life? So I don't network at all. I'm not a network. There, there's different kind of people. If you, if you read a lot, I read all of Malcolm Gladwell's books. I don't know if you, if you read any Malcolm Gladwell, just good stuff. Okay. And he talks about the different people. One of his, I can't think of what book it is because I've read all of them in like a, I, I dug it so much like in five weeks, I read every one of his books. Um, but he talks about how there's people that are networker connectors, right? They're, they're in the world. They know they, they're connected to everybody. And there's people that are more um, 
motivational, inspirational, and selling, right? They, 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 they make the world move. They get people to take action, right? And then there's people that are more um, conservative and structured and processed. And he gives, he, he goes through it um, different and not, and none of them are better than the other. I just want to share that with everybody. I am an extrovert seemingly when I'm on stage. I'm an extrovert when I'm on camera. I go into a, a, a group where everybody's networking, handing out business cards, and I hide. I find a corner. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert in a crowd. I'm an extrovert when it's one to many. So I, I, would, I would be careful on the, on the term networking, but simultaneously, I have two connectors in my life. My buddy, Joe Polish, my buddy, John Langbein. Those two guys are connected to the world. So I do everything for them. I love them. If I need to go meet Bill Clinton or when I went and saw Tony Robbins or anybody go hang out with Richard Branson, all I do is call one of them. They would know him. And immediately I have the rapport and I'm in. So, so I, if, a, if being a connector fits your soul, then you should network and networking the foundation for all network and relationship building is the word reciprocity. Study it, own it, know what it means. The reason I have such great relationships in my life uh, with, with A players is I always will do something for somebody else before I ask or five things before I ask. That's the true definition of reciprocity. Uh, you, the quickest way to kill a high-level relationship is ask for something before you give. So if you're a connector and a networker, reciprocity, obsess on that word. On the other side is who we surround ourselves is who we become. And that's true. If, if you have five friends right now and two of them are positive and going someplace and three kind of sit on the couch and smoke pot and they're like, oh, dude, you shouldn't be trying so hard. You're somewhere in the middle. That's just, that's the way life goes. And I want to tell you, if you're listening right now, as you evolve, you're going to lose friends because you're going to have your friends say, stop being a dreamer. I saw your silly podcast. That's cool. But you know, where are you going to college? What job are you going to do? Who are you going to be working for? Those people will get frustrated and you have a choice. You have a choice to become Teflon and still love them, but not listen. But if they affect you, there's a time where you're going to lose friends and some of them come back. Some of them tell you you're crazy, you're an idiot, I can't believe you're doing that. Uh, you think you're a big shot now or you met this so-and-so, so what are you, cool? They'll go away, but they'll come back if they're good people. But that, that old saying has been around forever, your network is your net worth. It's been around because it's the fact. It's the yeah. truth. So, and, and, and in today's world, you don't have to physically hang out with great people. You can literally absorb yeah. knowledge like we're doing, you're doing right this moment and see a different perspective on the world. Realize that your thoughts of wanting more are not crazy. Everybody else is crazy for doing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, two things I'll, la I'll leave with. You never seen them build, no one's ever seen anyone build a statue of a critic. So just remember that. They always built the statue of the crazy ones. Like, oh my God, this guy was nuts. He thought the world was round. Holy shit, it was. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's, remember, they never built a statue of a critic. And most of the time, people are scared to play big. So they have two choices in life. When you're rising, think about there's five of you in a ditch and you're all trying to climb out, right? If you're the only one trying to climb out every minute of every day, it makes everyone around you feel insecure. It's easier for them to grab your belt loop and pull you back in the ditch with them than for them to try to climb out with you. You're going to have a lot of people in your life trying to pull you back in the ditch. doesn't mean they're bad people, but kick them off your belt and keep going. I love it. I love it. So last thing. So where, number one, where is the best place people can find you? Cause, and I, I love how you just brought that last thing up. That was definitely super insightful for me personally. So I'm sure a lot of people listening will definitely take that to heart. But one more quick thing. What was that book that you mentioned before you kind of got into that subject? Um, Malcolm Gladwell's book. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. That was definitely something I wanted to check out. And I'm sure other people would as well. 
Yeah, check out all Malcolm Glad. It doesn't matter where you start. All of his books are fantastic. Perfect. Outliers. Outliers might be a great one to start. Start okay. with Malcolm Glad Gladwell, Outliers. Um, you asked about me. If if uh, people want to get more, just go to deansfreebook.com. You can grab Millionaire Success Habits. I say it's free. I mean, I paid for the book. I asked for, I think it's at $6.95 shipping and handling. So Perfect. if you pay the shipping and handling, I send people the the hardcover of the book. It's it's killing it. We're, we're over 160,000 books just from Facebook alone right now. Um, mm -hmm. And people are going nuts over it. So absolutely, it's, it's a good read. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone listening, I've read the book. It's amazing. The link will be down below. If you want to check it out, I would highly suggest you do. And then also all of his websites, social medias will be down below. So make sure you connect with Dean. Let him know that you came from the podcast. And Dean, last thing, I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. Uh, good, man. You keep up the good work. Absolutely, man. Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. If you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. Plus.